This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. It's Taco Tuesday! Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at Online.com. Throws wide open receiver Tyreek Hill and you're not going to catch him. Hill down the east sideline taunts Devontae Harris as he rolls into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. According to Jim, is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. Miles spins, stays on the speed of the 45. He's got blockers in front of him. 30, 10, 5, touchdown! Everything happening in the sports world. Number five, you better look at him a little closer. He's a football player. You got that wood right here. And even some things not happening in the sports world. Great insight today, Steve. <laughs> Man, you, you disappointed me. You disappointed the, well, the, I the got, listeners. Well, I got flustered. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, Worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in the entire city of McPherson, and over the weekend, the most popular man in Canton and in Galva, Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, good afternoon. Well, I think Shelby Hoppus is the most popular man in Canton and Galva. I don't know. I think you could give him a run for his money. I'll tell you what, we had so much fun. You know, we, we don't get to do their games on a, you know, uh, because we're doing McPherson High, but to have a chance to do that game and for it to turn out the way it did, we saw history. That was a historic game. History. History. History-making game. I mean, I and I wrote this, and I and I had it on my spot. You know, I, I've been doing this a long, long time, longer than really any, long time, longer than anyone should do it, probably. Older than dirt. Older than dirt. But to have a game like that. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll never cover a game that tops that. The Dagger game was probably the closest thing to it for me. McPherson girls come back to beat Bishop Miege. That's Miege. right. Nine down to Bishop Miege, the machine, you know, who never loses a late lead against anybody. And the Bullpups, of course, came from nine down and won it in overtime. But this was just beyond remarkable because if Canton Galva doesn't get a stand, it could have been 44, 43 or 44 to, or 42 to, or 44 to zero. And Canton Galva, you know, then scored after they got a stand. And then the turnover, Brandon Huff's fumble recovery, probably turned the game. I don't know if that second half would have happened had Canton Galva not scored just right before the half. If it's 36-8, to I think it's a little different mindset. But you could kind of get the feel when Canton Galva came out at halftime like, hey, we get a stop and a score, we're right back in this thing. That's exactly what happened. What a fun weekend. Steve, a lot to talk about. We oh, haven't gosh. talked since Monday. I know. It's been a long time. I know. Our listeners are probably going, oh, God, those guys are back again. Yeah. I thought we got rid of them. I thought that they got fired at Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, no, we're back, unfortunately. I'm, I'm sorry to all of our listeners out there, but it's been a, a, a very happening time over the last week. I've had lots of things to say. Not only about the Kenton Galva game, we've got to talk Chiefs today, Steve, oh, because yeah. they are 100% in the driver's seat with both of their feet on the gas pedal. Both of their feet on the gas both pedal. Both of them yeah. in the AFC West standings and a chance to pull away. We have that to talk about. Also, it's the beginning of winter sports today. Yeah. The first week of the winter sports season is underway today. A ton to dive into, but 
Let's stay on Canton Galva for a minute and how fun that game was on Saturday. And we've been tiptoeing around it a little bit. 66-36, the Eagles won the eight-man Division I state championship on Saturday while starting in the morning and finishing in the afternoon in Newton. What a fun atmosphere for a state championship game. I think everybody in Canton and in Galva and maybe McPherson, they were all there in attendance at Fisher Field. And I think that a lot of them were ready to leave at halftime. Yeah. It was 36 to nothing with three minutes to go before the half. And I have one confirmed person who has told me today he left at halftime. Really? And he said, I think I'm the good luck charm. So they <laughs> that, that they can thank him. Yeah. And that he got down and was at a different place about an hour later and somebody had the score and he said, what's the score? And they said, oh, they're up by 30. Yeah. <laughs> he said, what on earth happened? And uh, I mean, Well, your text was blowing up. My text was blowing people up. People were texting me and emails, telling me they were they crying. Were, they were emails. Yeah, people were crying. People were passing out in the stands from... They were just they just couldn't believe it. And it was really interesting. You and I went down on the field after the game, of course, and talked to Shelby Hoppus and and I talked to some of my Canton people. I've still got a lot of Canton and Galva people, you know, that I'm that I'm really good, you know, I'm acquaintances with. And they're all just their eyes are just like so wide, like, what did we just see? What just happened? Did that really happen? You know, that was what can you believe it? How many times did you hear? Can you believe it? I heard you? it about twenty times from you. Yeah, exactly. I had you know, I was getting a text uh, during the game that says, you know how many times you say, I can't believe what I'm seeing? Because I probably said that three or four times. We need to remind the people that the second half of that game where Canton Galva scored 52 points to zero for St. Francis in the second half, we have posted that audio of our call That's of the right. game online. So go to midkansasonline.com. Or you can by-step one of those pro- Go ahead of it, soundcloud.com slash KBBE Sports. Well, that's too hard for me, so. Real easy. Yeah. But we've got it up there. It has more than 300 listens over the last two days. Yeah. Which is pretty remarkable for yeah. that. Normally, we get about 50 to 70, maybe. I, I've had people that have no affiliation to McPherson, no affiliation to the state of Kansas, tell me, wow, I woke up and listened to that second half, and it was unbelievable. It was such a strange game. And one of the reasons I think it was so strange, and I mentioned this this morning to somebody, it's one of the first games I can remember where almost nothing went wrong for Kenton Galva the entire second half. And I don't mean in the sense of, oh, they scored 52 points and then gave up zero. I mean in the fact that almost every play they ran offensively was a big play. A first down run, which they a touchdown have, run. Which they didn't have in the first half. They so almost every play offensively was exciting for an entire half of football. And almost every play defensively was exciting, whether it was a tackle for a loss, a fumble recovery, three and it was interceptions. Just the in the first half, Canton Galva commits five turnovers in the first half. St. Francis had two scoring drives of 17 yards, one of 14 yards, and one of 18 yards because of Canton Galva just turned the ball over. But then in the second, and you know, they were fumbling kickoffs. You know, they were bobbling kickoffs. Then in the second half, it's St. Francis that's bobbling kickoffs. They're the ones that are fumbling. They're the ones that are throwing the interceptions. It's just that Canton Galva, to me, had more speed. Yeah. More athletes. They had, the, they, had, they had more athletes. Let's face it, there was about three really good players for St. Francis. Uh, the Dinkle kid, who is their alleged quarterback. You know, he's kind of a run. He's... They run the single wing, so he's really not a true quarterback. They couldn't throw the ball. They were 0 for 8 with three interceptions. And then they had the, the the Blanca kid was a good player. 
and the the really big kid, Neitzer. Was it Neitzer? Neitzel. Neitzel. Oh my gosh, is he a beast? But Canton Galva had the deeper team. Uh, you saw that in the second half. St. Francis did not substitute, I don't believe, in the first half. I think the same eight guys played every single play. But and, can you remember a game where absolutely nothing went wrong? No. For for uh, no. for the team. I mean, I, I, I mean wrote, nothing. I wrote this. I'll I'll guarantee you, there's never been a game in Kansas football history where a team was down 36-0 and scored 66 unanswered points. Or especially even 50 unanswered or 40 unanswered points. Especially in a state championship game. Right. That's oh, what yeah. makes this so unique. If Canton Galva was playing a bad team in the regular season and they sleptwalked their way through the first half and, oh, they gave up five touchdowns and, okay, let's see when they can turn it up. When's it going to give in? But the fact that this is a state championship game against an undefeated team. St. Francis, going into the game, had given up 62 points on the season. Right. In 12 games. Right. 62 points in 12 games. And in a span of 26 minutes, they gave up 66 points. Right. Exactly. And 40 in the last 12 minutes. (laughs) A 40-point fourth quarter. Just think about that. That is... That's just silly babble. I mean, that's silly numbers. And every points. offensive play was a touchdown. Almost. They're breaking tackles. I mean, it was unbelievable. Cam Galva didn't run that many plays in the fourth quarter. I think they scored they, 40 points. I think they ran. I'll, I'll go. I'll have to go back and look at my play-by-play, but I don't think they ran more than about 10 or 11 plays the whole quarter. It was as fun of a game as I can remember. And and the, the, the factor that you were just saying, that, oh, my gosh, can you believe it? That's the same thing that we felt for the Dagger game, right. where McPherson beat Miege. Right. It was the same feeling of, how did that just happen? I don't believe what I just saw. But this game, it had that element for the first part of the fourth quarter. And then by the end of the fourth quarter, we were getting texts from people saying, hey, we're going to 45 them the other way. Yeah, yeah, that's just <laughs> crazy. And, and you know, uh, Canton Galva... Well, what would it have been like if Canton Galva was up thirty six nothing and given up sixty six? Oh, we would. You and I would have <laughs> been, been bad. You and I would have just kind of gone, "Oh my God, what did we just see?" How, <laughs> how, and you know, you really had to feel for St. Francis because they're an outstanding football team. But boy, what were their kids feeling? They're up thirty six nothing in the second quarter. They're thinking, "Where's the?" You know. We're going to have a ticker tape parade in downtown. Do they have a downtown in St. Francis? They probably I think do. it just all is. Yeah, I think it is. It's kind of like Tawanda. Yeah. It probably is. But, but you know, they are already probably thinking about the champion, you know, ho- hoisting the trophy up. Getting and, fitted for your rings. Yeah, getting fitted for your rings. But, man, I'll tell you what. Shelby Hoppus never panicked. You know, he said at halftime, he says it wasn't any fire and brimstone. It wasn't any screaming or hollering. It's just, hey, we scored – we scored uh, 32 points against South Central, which may actually have been the, you know, in the in the fourth quarter. South Central may actually have been a better team than St. Francis because, you know, people we talked to thought the South Central Canton Galva team or game was actually the championship game. How fun was that for Canton and for Galva? Oh, it was fantastic. Their first state championship in program history. And, 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 I, and I've said it before, you know, I've covered this area for a long time and, and all the fans and all the communities that we cover are just great. But those folks in Canton and Galva, I tell you, they are they are passionate. They they put their whole being into every game and uh, I'm happy for them and I'm happy for both towns and the and the school. Well, and the fact that this is the first state championship for a McPherson County school 
in 20 years. Right. I was able to go dig up that fact on And I on was Saturday. there for the last one. I was on the sidelines standing next to Shane Cordell during the Little River. I think Adrian Howie was the quarterback for Little River, and that was just a wild game, 32-28 against St. Paul up at Salina Stadium. But I remember that game well. And then I think Little River maybe two years later played for another state championship but got beat. But the fact that this county – has had so much success in, in a lot of different sports, yeah. but just hasn't had that football state title yet, whether it was 8-man or 11-man at various different classifications. And several of these teams have been close. Right. They have been close. They have been hanging around, but just haven't been able to get the big one yet. Right. Now, but Smoky for them Valley, to get it done, very Smoky cool. Smoky Valley won a state championship in 88. 88. Yeah, my main man, Gary Sambo, in his first year. Uh, you know, he'd coached for the great man himself, Ted Kessinger, and then That's right. left Bethany. He left Bethany and went right to Smoky Valley. First thing he did at Smoky Valley is win a state championship. And look at his sons. They're both great football coaches in their own right. It was a fun end to the high school football season, Steve. Yeah. A lot of games across the state. In 6A, we had a feeling that Derby would win big, and they did over Olathe North. Had a feeling that Andale would win big over Perry LeCompton, right. and they did in 3A. Didn't know what would happen in 5A, because that was a toss-up game. And Mill Valley was able to win. What a great program that they've got going there in Shawnee. In 4A, well, we felt pretty confident that Bishop Miege would beat Andover Central. I don't think I was expecting 68-7 to at the end of the third quarter. No. I was not expecting that. And here's the scary thing. A lot of the points, a lot of the touchdowns that Miege scored in that game were by underclassmen. So... You might as well go ahead and say number seven is going to happen next year. And you and I were following kind of the outrage on Twitter. There it's, is it's the, the yearly outrage. The that yearly gets. outrage. There is a lot of hostility right now toward Keisha about Bishop Miege and, you know, what they're able to do. And people are starting to say, hey, it's time for something to be done because until something's done, like the multiplier or moving them up a class – because they, they may have been the second-best team in the state behind Derby. We've had this conversation enough times oh, that yeah. I don't need to harp on yeah, it a ton today. But I will su- suggest one thing. Will people refrain from taking this out on Bishop Miege? Yeah. I know that they're, they could increase the enrollment, or, or there, there are a few minor things they could do. But let's remember who is at fault for this. And not blame it on the kids. Yeah. Not blame it on Bishop Miege. No. Keep your blame on the corporation, yeah. the, the federation, yeah. instead of directing it at the kids because it's not their fault. No, they're just they're going to school there. And like their coach said, we just tune all that noise out. We just go out, play the ba- game the best of our ability, and that's a lot of ability. Well, they had a lot of ability. Yeah, they had a lot of ability. They got guys going D1 and, and things like that. But uh, uh, until Keisha does anything, this is just going to continue. They will get their once a year weekend after Thanksgiving hate and, and mail. When, I, when I'm eighty, when I'm eighty years old, they'll be getting their twenty fifth state championship in a row unless <laughs> Keisha does something. All right, Steve, let's take our first break. You want to talk about the Chiefs? Let's talk and Chiefs. their dominant win over the Raiders. Wow, was that a stinker performance by Oakland? <laughs> Rough times there for John Gruden. We'll talk about it next. You're listening to According to Jim, ninety six point seven FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 
106.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. We're back on this afternoon's According to Jim after a long week away. Jim Joyner, Steve Sell. Steve, what a fun win for the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday at Arrowhead Stadium. I've made this comment several times over this great long history of the show as well as the last year. If you were really worried about the Oakland Raiders and John Gruden, don't worry anymore. Yeah, There was no reason to ever be worried about that team. I know they were coming in hot on the Chiefs' tail for a couple of weeks there while they were skidding, but Derek Carr can't go into Arrowhead Stadium and win. Never Derek has. Carr can't even go into Arrowhead Stadium and compete. It's too cold for Derek Carr, and the Raiders looked horrible. And you know what? Against the Chiefs' defense. And, and what, to me, makes it even more interesting is that wasn't a vintage Chiefs performance, and they still win 40 tonight. Offensively, Offensively they were not that good. Patrick Mahomes was terrible. I mean, he meant – what was he? Do you have the stats by chance? I'm working on it here. Okay. But I'll bet Patrick Mahomes barely completed 50% of his passes. He missed wide-open guys. They didn't run the football very well until uh, the Thompson guy came in at the end when, of course, they opened. Darwin. Darwin Thompson. They were already softened up by then. I think I think he had like 12 carries in the fourth quarter. But they didn't run Patrick the, Mahomes was 15 of 29. So 52%. That's, yeah. You know, in the NFL – 60 is considered kind of average right now. So the Chiefs passed for 163 yards and rushed for 96 and scored 40 points and blew out Oakland. How about Oakland's field goal try? Ooh, boomerang. (laughs) But here's the thing. The old shank. Here's the thing I don't understand. I've seen this against Chiefs teams a lot this year. Josh Jacobs had 100 yards. 104. in In the second quarter. (laughs) <laughs> then he fell below. Then he went. Up, you know, he went back and forth. But why do teams give up on the run so fast against the Chiefs when they're running the ball well? I know they're down fourteen, even twenty-one. But even being down twenty-one at the half, you can still run the football and set up the pass. But Oakland basically quit running the football. I think Josh Jacobs was like twelve for a hundred in the first half, and what he end up seventeen for one hundred four. So he, he ran it five times for four yards in the second half. So, Derek Carr helped the Chiefs out. He got he through just two hideous. When I mean, the Chiefs get hideous interceptions, you got to be bad because yes. they are they are just not good defensively. And now, and the fact that Oakland led the penalty oh margin to say the least. Did the, Kansas City ever get one? The Chiefs did not have a penalty for the first time in a game since 1974, while Oakland had 12 for 99 yards. And they had well, Kansas City actually had a couple, but they were declined or they were offsetting. But Oakland was just ill. No discipline. This was vintage Raiders football. No discipline. Bumbling around, making bad decisions. John Gruden with that chucky look on his face on the sideline. He did not look like a I, happy I, I was man. really feeling bad for my guy, Trey Paul, and then I got to thinking. He's kind of been popping off about the Raiders a lot. He's been feeling good. So, I, so all of a sudden, I didn't feel bad for him anymore. I was only bummed because my cousin... LaMarcus got hurt early on in the yeah, game. Yeah, LaMarcus Joyner got yeah, hurt. Yeah, my, my good friend LaMarcus. Yeah. but I the, told Treg if the Raiders win the division, I'll get him a LaMarcus Joyner jersey. Well, and and I guess I won't is, have to. It, it kind of, what it does for Chiefs fans, though, it gives them this false sense of hope that their defense is coming around. Well, they're still not a good defense. Now, this week they go to New England. 
And Tom Brady looked all of 42 years old last night. Man, Tom, he was bad. And, of course, he blamed it on his receivers, blamed it on the officiating. You know, he didn't take any blame that he can't throw the ball that well anymore. He can't throw it really deep. So, you know, I'd already given this game to the Patriots about three weeks ago. I said, you don't even need, they don't even need to play this game. because I'm starting to feel like the Chiefs can hang in there. I really do. I think the Chiefs can hang with the Patriots. But they've got to start being able to run the football they just Patrick Mahomes had no time at all. He got absolutely massacred yesterday. Of course, he did a lot of running around. He ran for a touchdown on a play where he only scored because Tyreek Hill ran the wrong route right. and took all the defense the other way. So Patrick Mahomes, it actually worked out well for him. But this Chiefs team, they're, they're really good, but they're not great. And I think right now the only team that's really great in the AFC is Baltimore. Man, they're good. And I think the Patriots and the Chiefs are kind of right there together. And Houston, don't count Houston out. They've got enough dudes. How about Tennessee on the verge right now? Well, they are. And they beat Kansas City. And they play Oakland this week. Can you imagine? Oakland's probably going to pack it in now. They're probably done. So let me run through the AFC West standings right. for you. So the Chiefs are 8-4 and four with a two-game lead, but... A three-game lead because they hold the tiebreaker over right. Oakland because they beat them twice. So, as long as the Chiefs win one game, they will win the AFC West. Exactly. So, Oakland is 6-6, six and six, and they play the Titans at home, the Jags at home, which they should beat Jacksonville because they they're, are just not very good. They're bad. How did Nick Foles win a Super Bowl two years ago and get paid $100 million? I don't know. He played a half yesterday and got pulled for ineffectiveness. But then at the Chargers and at the Broncos to wind things down. They could lose both those games very Oakland easily. could go 7-9. and nine. Yeah, they really could. So I'm not seeing them coming out in a wild card. I, I don't see them making the playoffs. How about the Chargers? <laughs> you know, the ending of that game was just <laughs> that that just typified their season. You just feel so sorry for Philip, don't you? I don't feel Man, so. don't you feel so sorry for him? And Such I, a good and, guy. And I think you're seeing the curtain is gonna come down on Philip Rivers after this year. He's making too much they can't afford to keep him. You know, if they cut him, they'll I'm sure they'll save millions and millions of dollars. Here's a funny stat for you, Steve. The Chargers are winning the .4 point against battle this year. They have scored 244 points and allowed 241, and they're four and eight. Yeah. The Raiders are six and six, and have allowed 324 and only scored 237. Well, did I see a stat? The Chargers have eight losses, and they're all by like eight points or less. They're all by Touchdown. single possession. Yeah, yeah. Every game, they play the same game every week yeah. where they're down by a score at the end and drive down the field and either score and then give up a late touchdown or don't score. Yeah. It's very entertaining to watch. Yeah. The well, Broncos, with a little bit of life, I guess. I think, going back to Chargers real quick, Melvin Gordon's holdout messed that team up. Yeah? It really did. He sat out <laughs> the first four games. They never Their chemistry was all messed up. They never recovered from that. And Melvin Gordon will probably be gone because Austin Eckler's a pretty good back. So I think the Chargers, you're going to see wholesale changes in in Los Angeles. I think they keep Anthony Lynn, but I think they get rid of a lot of their guys. This AFC wild card is about to get interesting. Oh, it's yeah. Because New England, well, very likely will win the division. If they stay at this pace, Buffalo, Buffalo could jump them. Yeah, but they Bu- are one game back. But Buffalo's got a real – don't they have a tough schedule to finish out? I believe Buffalo still has to play New England. I'm pulling it up right now. And they play somebody really good this week. 
Buffalo plays Colts? the Ravens at home. That's a loss. At the Steelers. That's a loss. At the Patriots That's and the loss. Jets at home. They're going to... They're going to lose three out of four. So, Buffalo likely in that wild card spot. But then, whoever comes out of the AFC South as the number two team very likely will get that spot, whether it's Tennessee, whether it's Indianapolis, whether it's Houston, who's in first place right now by a game. That AFC wild card, I don't think the bottom half of the AFC right now, Steve, is very good. I think you can take the bottom 10 teams and just wipe them away. But the six teams that get in... There are no easy playoff no. games if you're right a Chiefs now, fan or a Ravens if fan. If it started today, the Chiefs are in fourth. They would be playing Buffalo. Right, because they lost the tiebreaker with Houston right. because they, they, they lost They have the same record as Houston, lost the tiebreaker, and they would play – they would host Buffalo in the first round. And I wouldn't want that. Man, Buffalo's defense. I wouldn't is, want to play Tennessee I at either. home right now. I wouldn't either. I think I'd be okay with playing the Steelers. Yeah, because they have quarterback issues, real bad. Just quarterback. a lot of them. Yeah. They've got a guy named Duck as their quarterback. Yeah. And and I'll tell you, Mike Tomlin, that guy can coach because he's he had no Juju yesterday, no James Conner, bench Mason Rudolph or Randolph, whatever his name is. Rudolph. Rudolph, the golfer. Mason Rudolph was an old-time golfer, so maybe that's who he was named after. They don't have any guys, and yet they beat Cleveland. What does that say about Cleveland? He. Who was down on Cleveland the most before the year? Steve was. Oh, I, I knew they weren't going to be good. Ba- can't tr- you can't trust Baker Mayfield. He just wants to punk people too bad. All right, Steve, let's take our final break. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12:30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's according to Jim 96.7 FM KBBE Steve, the football season it's almost gone. At least for us covering. Right. It's almost gone. It really is. Other, I mean, we've got Chiefs. College football, though. Are you excited to see how that finishes? It'll be, yeah, it's well, right now, all, every, all eyes are on who gets the four spot. Who have I been saying this whole time is going to get that four spot? OU. Those Oklahoma Sooners are going to find a way. Well. If you're telling me that the college football playoff committee, let's say Oklahoma and Utah win this weekend, if you tell me. They are going to take Utah over Oklahoma, then I quit. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. They're going to take Oklahoma. And you know, as excited as I was for Canton Galva this weekend, right up there with it, Alabama losing to Auburn. Man, wasn't that fun? I just love that. I like seeing Nick Saban blaming everybody but himself, you know, going around, you know, complaining, whining. Isn't it going to be nice to have a playoff with no Alabama? First time yeah. since they've started the playoff. Yeah. Did you see the videos of all the people jumping into the bushes at oh, Auburn yeah. Yeah, to, try, a, to try and get on the field yeah. and getting lost in the hedges? I would have died. They jumped in and then you, they disappeared. I would I would have disappeared. You know me. I'm small as I am. I would have just <laughs> – and no one would have ever found me. Well, especially after some of them have had a few cocktails. Oh, and many cocktails. They've had a few soda pops, and uh, they, they jump into those bushes, and they're lost in there. But Alabama's defense just isn't good enough this year. How many times – they've been hit for some big yards in games. Against all their tough and opponents. I, and I know Tua didn't play, but you score 45 points, you should win a football game. That tells you 
the defense just isn't good enough. I'm just telling you, the Oklahoma Sooners are getting in. But I'll tell you. And don't count them out. I'll tell you, look what Baylor did to KU. Okay. Jayhawks were really in that game emotionally, <laughs> weren't they? <laughs> that was pretty bad, before Steve. Before 25 of their closest friends. There were zero people in the stands. Oh, my God. Well, did you see K-State? Well, how it was many empty, so cold. How many empty seats there were? Yeah. I mean, it was just brutal to go to games on Saturday. and and But a place that had a lot of people, KW and Salina. That's right. Kansas Wesleyan, though, their season's over. So, KCAC football over to no more Johnny Photo for KW. Steve? Coming up tomorrow on the show. Okay. The Pistol. Pistol. Peter Holland Jr. Yeah. Now of the McPherson Buzz. Oh, yeah. Formerly of the McPherson Sentinel. Yeah. He'll be in studio tomorrow. Okay. He's got Pistol hot takes to give us. Oh, man. He'll tell us well, a little bit about... Well, he's an NFL insider. That's right. So uh, we'll get his take on who's going to make the playoffs. He'll talk about his transition from the Sentinel to the Buzz. Yeah. All sorts of rundown from Pistol Pete. Okay. The Pistol. Oh, yeah. He's, He'll be all over He's going to bring it. He told me he's bringing it now, baby. Bring it on. You bet. Pistol. Yeah. We'll see him tomorrow. Yeah, Pistol. It's a show you won't want to miss. Okay. Wrapping up today's show for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by... Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.